Newsbreak podcast. So how are the 500 days of your January going? <laughs> Seems like an unending month with a quick depleting bank balance. After the generous festive season, how best to handle the budget? Join us on Newsbreak Talk this Sunday at 1:00 when we start the year on a responsible note. Yeah, they call it the longest month of the year usually January. It's just it's just, you know, it's the same amount of days, right? But it just doesn't seem like it's going to be ending anytime soon. And I think that's the challenge that everybody, you know, experiences on the 31 days of January. Very warm welcome to Newsbreak Talk today. I'm Tadesh Haripashad bringing you some cutting edge current affairs. And I did say that we are going to be talking about January and how to um I think financially handle that month because it's a pre- it comes at a precarious time, you know, you've still you know you 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 got your um let's say your January salary at the end of December and that salary came about still during the festive season so expenses were a little bit you know still great and you were still in the festive mood so you spent a little bit more of the january salary um uh, partying and celebrating um than you know you usually would so that means when it's time now to get down to the books and down to duty in january maybe there's not so much of a disposable income left anymore i mean this is just a hypothetical situation and this is what a lot of people complain about um it's not the same for everybody some of you really have planned and catered and been a bit more disciplined so i think it's time to share a bit of that it's time to talk about that and it's time to share those experiences though at this stage i just want to remind uh, well, i just want to inform you of uh, a bit of an issue that we've had on our side we were unable well rather we the guest that was supposed to be joining us today to discuss this issue and talk to us and give us some financial tips um has had an emergency and therefore cannot n- join us and on such short notice we weren't able to really get in another expert into studio so we're going to try and be the experts for this ourselves we're going to try and help each other out be there for each other this January so I'd love you to call through and talk to me about some of your experiences in January some of your uh, challenges in January how do you go about mitigating it what are some of the tips to help you ensure that you know you have a better financial time at this January and also I think some um financial planning going forward for the rest of the year if you'd want to share that with us please go ahead you can whatsapp us you can call us and you know while we wait for that and while we get that conversation starting um we are also going to be um you know looking forward to some of the hot topics doing the rounds today the ANC list conference is taking place a lot about the city even some things to watch out for going into the start of the year the year kind of officially starts i think from tomorrow um you know with many gearing up for the start of school and the start of back to work proper so i think it's an interesting time to watch some of these dynamics so yes we're going to be doing a lot of things today on the show so let's just um keep it together so the research we've done in terms of finding out what january is like financially was a bit intense we did speak to some South Africans to talk to us about you know their um how they plan for January and what are some of the tips they could provide here they are with the festive season almost over it's back to reality 
Some have spent absorbently and is now facing the challenges and struggles. With 28 days to go this month, most people are already in a financial difficulty. Planning and budgeting is crucial during this festive season. Yeah, it's talking about the festive season being a bit of festive seasons um, just getting over and the kids going back to school so soon. It is a bit stressful, you know, it does put a little stress on our heads because um, with the festive like just being last week and the kids rushing back to school um, this coming week, it's been really hectic because now we had to budget ourselves for Christmas in order to have enough cash for our kids, you know, for their school and their school fees and their uniform. And we have three kids. So at times it does get a bit too much for us. And hopefully this coming year, the holiday is a little longer. So we have enough time, you know, to spend for Christmas and to save up for school. In regards to the festivities, uh, the spending during December, it's a given that uh, many uh, citizens will actually go overboard and many would have collected bonuses in November. They would have gone to the extent where they would have spent both the bonus and the December salary. And it makes the following year, that's January, a very difficult year for the people financially. That is because they have not planned properly. The festivities actually had gotten the better of them, the, the spirit of the festivities, moreover. We're leaving them with the consequence of a, a bad financial situation in January. Some would have also utilized many um, of the account monies, uh, you know, to, to spend during that festivity and uh, hoping that they would uh, redeem uh, themselves in, in January. But um, I know from experience that I myself have, in fact, uh, many, many years ago done the same. You know, spending uh, the, the bonus, spending your salary, and when it comes to January, you've got to wait the whole month before you get the next salary, which is actually quite uh, uh, strenuous, you know, on the home, basically. And uh, that is not nice. So I do believe that when we come to a situation like this again, you know, many who have actually spent and who have got uh, the financial constraints should think twice before they spend uh, in, you know, the future. So that would actually uh, give them a positive impact for the next year that will be uh, January. It's an individual thing and uh, many would have actually learned from their mistakes and uh, of course uh, would have saved for the for january and so uh, they would not find anything uh, untoward or find it difficult uh, to manage the january uh, to the next salary so i have a strategy for january where i take out a huge chunk from my december salary and put it into one of those accounts where you have to give a 31-day notice in order to get your money back. And the following day, I will give a notice and I'll only get that money back mid-January. So that kind of helps because it's usually mid-Jan that you start feeling the pinch of January. And yeah, that's been my strategy and that's been working for me. Uh, January always seems to be the longest month of the year. People get into the festive mood and spontaneously spend their salaries as well as their year-end bonuses. I think the trick, as economists always point out, is to budget and stick to your budget. It's that simple. If you overextend your spending, you are certainly to get yourself into financial difficulty and find January 
a difficult month to negotiate. So here you go, some thoughts there about January being a very tough financial month and I think tips coming through. So, I mean, like I indicated to you, that was the point of my conversation. We wanted to talk about how to mitigate January, the financial burden of that month. Uh, unfortunately, the guest who was to join us today, unable to do so. So we don't really have an expert here. Got tons of research and we can talk about, um, you know, tips going forward in terms of how to make January a better time and how to make it last a little bit more so um, you know that's on the cards but yes you get to call us today you get to talk to us about it it's 089-310-8789 you can also whatsapp us 071-613-7803 and um, you know we can extend the conversation to just talk about general um, you know general financial planning going forward for the year you know what do you do differently from the previous year to ensure that you know you have a bit of a higher disposable income when you need it or uh, how to ensure that you know you make the best and the you know wisest financial decisions all of that to be discussed here today on Newsbreak Talk. I'll wait your calls. Now, while you do that, uh, let's talk to you about some news of the day. And yes, you can also extend the conversation to this if you'd rather. Um, So the ANC list is basically being worked on currently. And uh, the list is going to be released once it's cleared by the National Executive Committee and once it has been vetted. Um, and that's all going to be taking place in due course. Yes, it's been a mammoth weekend in Durban. The um, NC officials have been in Mklanga, north of Durban, to um, you know discuss in, uh, um, going forward for the list. It's a list process, of course. A list of 200 is expected to be um, created, to be vetted, um, deliberated upon. And um, this basically serves as uh, the you know representation at National Assembly, you know, should the ANC come into power? And of course, uh, interesting survey comes through from Ipsos Makinos saying that the ANC is likely to remain in power, is likely to, you know, get that two-thirds majority as it always strives for. So, you know, taking those kinds of trends ahead of elections, ahead of polls into account, that list becomes very important. Who's on the list? What's on the list? Uh, wonderful to know. We do understand the regular uh, you know names in terms of the top brass in terms of the names that we know the members we currently you know see a lot of at the national assembly those names are still likely to be there but um the remaining um members of that list that's an interesting one to watch but before we take you to the list let's go to the phone lines like i said today it's your conversation you get to talk to me about whatever you'd like to the views and opinions expressed on newsbreak talk do not represent those of sabc news or lotus fm Hello, Mr. Louis Pillay. Hi. Hi, Teresa. How's it going? Okay. Very well. Yeah. Can you hear me loud and clear? Loud and clear. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm on a speakerphone. Uh, just, just, just to tell you that we came out of Black Friday, and then we had the Red Ribbon Day, then Christmas, and then New Year. I think, you know, people have overspent on the cards, and you, they have to pay back all that money in January as well. So January is going to be a quite a steep month for them. Also, if you take into account, you don't have to be a top accountant or a bookkeeper or a maths wizard to do a budget. You can do a normal, straightforward budget and do not spend what you have. 
So therefore, the people should actually save from January for December, and that will take them clearly. But I feel sorry for those that got children in school or tertiary education, universities, and and the wife and children at home as well. I think it's been going to be very difficult for those parents. Thank you. The rest keep well. Thanks, Mr. Pillay. We appreciate it there. You know, I think uh, interesting to, I think that call there by Mr. Pillay was interesting because it... Um, Helps you, you know, look back. It started at Black Friday. It went down through the Christmas shopping, uh, New Year's shopping, and all these, you know, I think even the Boxing Day sales are quite, quite huge. Uh, and you just think, wait a second, I'm always chasing a bargain. I'm always chasing a sale. I'm always into consumerism. And it, it just kind of highlights, you know, makes you wonder, how much am I spending? I know it does that to me all the time. I think, whoa, did I just do that? So I think that's interesting. Good point to raise and to, I think, remind us in January then, Mr. Pillay, about um, our spending habits. You know, are we always, uh, do we really buy um, within our means? Uh, because he was talking there about some of the accounts going forward, etc. Um, but you know what? And this is what I always say is uh, uh, around this particular conversation. Um, I think consumers will consume so uh, the, the 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 constructive way of approaching it is to not to tell consumers listen stop it stop it um you know save 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 don't buy don't go to a mall don't buy this fancy pair of um you know shoes the thing is how to do it constructively and how to i think educate them and help them have a multi-pronged awareness and approach on how to save spend enjoy uh invest so i think that's the approach we'd love to talk about. Great to hear from you all with uh, coming through with some of those tips. I want to take you through to a text from Rajan Raj Kumar in Cape Town. If you have not budgeted for January, do not stress. There is life after December. There we go. <laughs> Speaking faith. Speak to your debtors, children, schools and make arrangements to pay off your debts and school fees. Tell them that you will honor your debts and when it's your bonus month, you will double up your payments. Please take care not to overuse your credit card to take loans. This will only add to your financial burdens. That's from um, Rajan Rajkumar. He goes on to say, Tarish, January should be pronounced Jan, you worry. Yes, everybody pronounces it like that, I think. That's the one month you've got to really stretch out. Hey, Jan, you worry. <laughs> so yes, keep the calls coming through Newsbreak Talk today. We have been trying to give you uh, some information and conversation here on um, how best, you know, to go about um, being wise and and, and um being within your budget during this time. But I want to take you through to the ANC now because we did say the list process has begun. Uh, let's let's take it a few days back. We'll just give you a bit of a precursor as to what was expected. Um, this was the preview as to what you know could have been expected in the week. Let's identify what was going to happen and I'll take you to the latest, uh, most available press conference to get the most uh, information. But this is taking it a few steps back now where the ANC had said that those who made it onto the national list will still go through a stringent vetting process. The party will consider those with integrity, credibility and the ability to help the ANC to attract more votes. The ANC extended the NEC meeting, which is Alliance Partners and Leagues attended, concluded its national list conference then on Saturday. And um, that basically is, um, you know, the whole process going forward. It remains unclear when the ANC's final list for the National Assembly will be made public. So far, the ANC-NEC has consolidated lists from provinces. 
a total of 200 names have been trimmed from the 800 names. However, candidates will still be given the opportunity to accept or decline the nomination. ANC Acting National Spokesperson Zizi Godwa says the names of the 200 people who will represent the party in the National Assembly should be of those who will appeal to the electorate. The next step is now what some of people will look at, the integrity of those that will be in the process, credibility. We'll look at people whether they meet some of the guidelines, including, for example, the rules we have set up for ourselves. Criminal conviction is a no-no, it's not a negotiations. There could be issues about certain names, but the principle is the list of the ANC is a list that must be electable. People, when they look at the list of the ANC, it must attract a voter. It's about what is important to the voter. And the voter may look at a name and say, that name, because of the certain allegations faced, uh, I may not vote. And therefore, the next phase is important, the phase of vetting. Vetting may include each name. Will this person make the ANC to gain at least one vote? We don't want a name on the list of the ANC that may minus one, one voter. ANC Alliance partners expressed their satisfaction with the process of finalizing the list. During the previous elections, the SACP was unhappy about what it said was the ANC's big brother attitude when it came to making decisions about members that would be deployed to the National Assembly. However, the party now says the process of formulating the ANC list has been open and involved all Alliance partners. SACP Deputy General Secretary Solima Paila explains. We've had a very good process, uh, inclusive process, participatory process, uh, at least from all components of the alliance. Uh, we have formed part of all critical structures that processed uh, the list. So we are happy with that. And we think that uh, we need very upright uh, public representatives who will bring confidence to the value system of our movement. And we think that this list process has reaffirmed that. So we are happy with that process. The ANC says it won't compromise on youth representation and gender parity when it makes its final list for those who will be deployed to the National Assembly and provincial legislatures. Kodwa says the party's final list will also reflect racial demographics. For SABC, I'm Vusima Kosini, Deben. I think that's a wonderful point to touch on the racial demographic of that list. Often something, you know, um, um, I, I, I think from two prongs, the ANC itself always priding itself as to being that beacon of hope for non-racialism. So, um, you know, interesting to see the way they plan out and play out the racial demographic. And of course, you know, during this time, that great rhetoric, that great um, analytical debate about the representation of races within the ANC, how important do other races become during this time as an attempt, um, you know, to go to poll and to literally get the support of all South Africans. So that's an interesting point. And of course, the Indian vote is such a significant, um, you know, often regarded as that swing vote um, within within that ANC constituency. So that's always important to understand. And of course, a great deal of rhetoric that was spewed through, um, I think, in 2018 about the role of Indian origin communities, the role of the the, actually even the, um, you know, the role of Indian origin people within the... um, fight against apartheid and of course i think many veterans um challenging those who are um who know who want to actually understand this a bit more to come through for a political education you know mr ahmed katrada the late mr ahmed katrada often spoke that come through and i'll give you a lesson on politics so i think when you take that into account then you took the racial issue of um the way the list is being formed wonderful to point out and that's exactly what anc acting national spokesperson uh, Dakota Lekote was 
um, you know, talking about a short while ago. This was the ANC press conference after that process. Right now, the ANC is gone for an um, urgent and a special NEC meeting, uh, perhaps to vet the votes. We don't have confirmation on that yet, but what we do know is that they are meeting currently and um, that meeting is taking place. But prior to the meeting, the ANC did address the public and this was quite interesting that came out of there. No, thank you very much, Comrade Zizi. Just to make an addition on issues that was raised by Hajra on the racial makeup, uh, I'm sure all of us will know that the African National Congress is a non-racial movement. We are not a narrow nationalist or an organization that is uh, uh, constituted by racial bigots. We are a non-racial organization. So it's going to be important to know that uh, in all our lists, that particular principle we have ensured that there's a policy position. And one of uh, the achievements that we want to uh, achieve when we create a national democratic society is that it's based on the principle of non-racialism. And that will be reflected in all our lists, both at the provincial level as well at, at the national level. So. Uh, the issue of the national question we have taken very serious and uh, we have ensured that uh, all provinces and all these comply. Now the makeup of the national to national list is that the national list conference yesterday considered uh, 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 a number of names, a total of them uh, we had almost o over 800 and now we have to trim the national assembly is constituted of 400 seats now, out of that 400, 200 of those seats are mainly from us here yeah, at the national to national level. Then the other 200, its makeup is made out of province to national list. So, in both and in all instances, the issue of uh, uh, the national question, uh, you call it the racial makeup, uh, we call it the national question. Uh, it's properly complied with. So, that particular matter will be covered. Uh, uh, on the issue of uh, President Jacob Zuma being on the list, uh, like uh, my comrade has said, comrade is, we are not at the stage where we have dealt with vetting because there is still a last stage where each and every nominee or candidate will have to accept or decline. So once we reach that stage, we would know where does Comrade Zuma uh, stand? But for now, we will respect the outcome of our internal democratic process. Uh, branches, some of them felt that is still capable to can lead. So we would not want to undermine that process. We will hear from him, Comrade Zuma, uh, whether he accept or decline. And all of us still, even though we appear on the list, we still have an obligation to sign off an acceptance form or a form to decline. So uh, we'll await that particular process. The list will be complete once we have done all this process. There are deadlines set up by the Independent Electoral Commission that all parties at a particular given time should have registered their list with the IEC or else they would not contest elections. It's a gazette, we'll comply with it. Uh, and we're we'll, we'll on time as it is now. Because our intention is that at least all other internal matters, the cleaning of the list and everything, should be completed 
not later than the end of January, so that by February we comply with the deadlines of the Independent Electoral Commission, because this process is not in our hands, it's in the hands of the IEC. So that's what we'll do, because uh, we have to comply with the IEC. ANC Acting National Spokesperson Dakota Lekote, they're giving a press brief uh, ahead of, well, while the, uh, the names for the ANC list are being vetted, 200 list expected shortly. ANC, of course, in Durban at the moment, having a um, NEC meeting, an urgent one. And uh, what's to emerge from there? Well, we're on tenterhooks to find out. I mean, we do understand it's a build-up to what's going to take place next weekend um, in terms of the... ANC manifesto launch. It's a celebration of the um, ANC's anniversary. So I think a lot um, to do with that. So it's, you know, it's just a a, a structural organizational meeting, but we would love to know um, what comes out about the list from that meeting. Now, yes, I remember, I'll remind you that we did say, we did plan, we did research an entire conversation on how to budget and go about, um, you know, making the most of your money in this long January month. Uh, I started off the broadcast by letting you know that one of the guests or the expert who was to join us had an, um, you know, an unfortunate time and literally at the last moment had was unable to join us and so we're trying to still bring you some sort of um, you know information and current affairs up until the point that we actually can get you somebody to talk to I am trying to still get you an expert I know somebody called through now saying that we want to talk about the finances but why are you not so I'm still working on it and I'm trying my best to get us an expert who can make us the time um, you know as holiday season still continues so we're trying to do that and when we come back we will try and get you some more information on how best to handle january attention all high school learners are you already stressed about this year's exams we can help you ace it study guides are all you need to ace your exams written by subject experts and tailored towards individual learning styles ace it study guides explain your subject's content in an easy way and give you plenty opportunities for practice and revision it's never too early to start preparing for your year-end exams ace it study guides are available from all good bookstores or from ace it studyguides.co.za Jayshree's Rafa's New Year's release a brilliant collection of brand new designer saris and Punjabis just unpacked great range of saris and dhotis for Pongal and Kavadi new range fresh designs great styles Jayshree's Rafa's Springfield Chatswood Anam Shlanga News break talk with me, Taresh Haripashad. This is Cutting Edge Current Affairs. When we come back, we try and connect with one of our experts to try and bring us some in- more information. Hold on. So how are the 500 days of your January going? Seems like an unending month with a quick depleting bank balance. After the generous festive season, how best to handle the budget? Join us on Newsbreak Talk this Sunday at 1 o'clock when we start the year on a responsible note. Yes, news break talk with me, Tarish, just after half past one. And I think my heart did break when you know, I learned that we, you know, we didn't have the expert uh, as we had planned. And I know you look forward to expert advice all the time. So trying to be resourceful here, trying to make a plan this January. And I managed to speak to one of our, um, I think our dear friends here on Newsbreak Talk, Ayanda Meiwa. He's a economics lecturer at the University of KwaZulu-Natal. And at short notice, he agreed to talk to us and give us some um, expert advice. Ayanda, 
Good morning, guys. How are you? Very Good well, afternoon. thanks. We'd like to wish you a very happy new year. Thank you. You too, man. And we do. Uh, but I would love to thank you so much for making the time at such short notice to talk to us about, you know, our our topic here today. Of course, we are talking about uh, January and how to, you know, budget a little bit better and make January a bit more of a comfortable economic uh, month. So, Ayanda, I think we'll go into it first, and I want to ask you mm-hmm. to help us understand. And we kind of know it, but I just want you to help us put it into perspective. Um, why is January seen as such a long? economically taxing month? Well, it's very simple, Sarash. Um, January is long precisely because people have got to get back to routine after uh, a restful holiday, hopefully, and a um, few weeks of expenditure. At that spending money, they had hard work for throughout the whole year and spending money that um, eventually has to be remade in the beginning. So nobody likes working for anyone or in order for working in order to be, you know, subsisting and surviving. So it becomes quite a long and taxing um, month because all those debit orders are coming in. Some come in like on the on the second of January. Others come in well after um, um, after Christmas, like on the twenty third, twenty eighth, twenty ninth. So reality starts sinking in very shortly after you know the Christmas festivities. But hey. I'm still a South African who has to keep a job, or I'm still a South African who has to uh, run a business. Yeah, and it becomes very long. <laughs> yeah, no, I think we've we've even spoken to some people, and they were telling us, you know, it's 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 taxing. Um, and so you place in a situation where it's a long month. It's the start of the year. You've spent a lot of your financial reserves toward the last week of um, December, more than you, you know, usually uh, would. Um, and you now have, you've got things like this, you know, and I'm, and I'm just giving hypothetical, ex- I, hypothetical examples here. You know, you've got to pay tertiary fees maybe for your kids. You've got to uh, buy uniforms, buy stationery. Yeah. You've got to pay school fees. Uh, maybe it's time now to take your car through for a service at the start of the year. Uh, um, you know, you've got to reevaluate some financial policies, which means, you know, paying a little bit more uh, into your savings accounts. So, so much you've got to start with, which just eats away, mm-hmm. eats away at the disposable income. And before you know it, you know, you're not left with too much. How then do you prescribe a South African right now to sit down with pen and paper and drop a budget? Because many are telling us that is the way to do it. No, most definitely. Budgeting is the way to do it. And um, any person who has rudimentary financial understanding will actually have as a principle the budgeting. So the best thing to do, because... During the course of the year, we know that January will come and school fees will have to be paid, or at least deposits for school fees, you know. Um, the car installments will continue, and most of us buy cars around November, December, because the offers during that time are really, really good. You know, there's uh, those zero deposits offers and the payment holiday, they say start paying after a month or after three months of um, yeah. Of purchasing that car at zero deposits, but to find out there's a 35 percent balloon uh, payment, for example, right at the end of our 72 months. All those are really attractive marketing gimmicks to get your money, obviously, because everybody who sells anything to you really wants to add value to your life, but more than anything, to uh, get and keep as much money from you as possible. So the first trick, even before you get to January, during the course of the year, 
do not fall into those kind of death traps yeah. and rather save up before you get that new vehicle. Be content at taking an Uber or, you know, hi- uh, riding along with a friend. I've done that up until you have enough money, say 10, yeah. 20 is even better, 20% to, to, to actually buy that car. But with respect to other things, such as those routine payments, especially if you have kids, always put aside from the beginning of each year a certain amount of money in a in an account that you know you won't be able to access, uh, to access like uh, for example a target safe kind of account that you won't be able to access until six or 12 months is up and make it a habit that you do not time you do not um start spending until all those debit orders including the stop orders that you have set up to go into this savings account yeah. go through yeah. and then you spend whatever else is left yeah and i want to ask you I want to ask you at this stage, though, and I'm just trying to think, you know, for those who've possibly not done that and, you know, um, you know, mm-hmm. now finds themselves stuck in a January, a long January, um, the, the, the temptation to touch debt right now, to use the credit card, take things on account and credit, um, you know, basically live, start the year on newfound credit your advice on that because it would be you know common it would be almost you know easy to say well you know what give me this on credit i'll pay it off in about three months time i'll be more responsible then i'll be a bit more responsible now um what's your advice on that yes it depends what that credit is for there are some things that you cannot uh buy cash for example in the beginning of the year and there are some things that you see that you can actually wait for um, it's a bad idea to take out a loan or a personal loan just to pay your kids' school fees or to supplement the groceries. Mm. Rather, why though? Why to... though? Because I mean, the, these are like you know they they are big one-off um, uh, payments that are needed, and many have to go through it. And and a lot of experts, yourself included, tell us this: it's not wise to do it. Why? It's not wise because if uh, what's available currently right now, what most, most banks are willing to offer in the beginning of the year are those uh, loans, those personal loans, which come with a very high interest rate of like 27.5%, percent yeah. And you are likely to get that offer. So now, it's a if quick you fix. Take, exactly, it's a quick fix because you, if you have a reasonable credit record, you can get it in the same day. Or if you have an already existing debt, you are tempted to go to the bank and say, hey, can you sort of like, uh, can you top up my existing loan? Well and good if you already have an existing debt, but remember, you'll be paying even more. But if you go to a school and you negotiate that you can only pay in installments instead of like, you know, those one-off, if you go to the school, they, they, they do not attach an interest rate to a school fee. So rather try and get those kinds of deals, negotiate with the management of the school if you have that power. If not, be humble enough to say, you know what, I should actually take my child to a less expensive school that may offer more or less the same services. Sometimes what is the biggest challenge for us is that we are 
just not humble enough to accept our economic condition. Yeah, yeah, and I want to. That brings me to the next point. How important is it to to accept your, you know, your economic standing? Um, and and the example I want to give right now is, um, you know, if 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 you look at the reserve now and you've paid everything, you've done the responsible thing, and where is second disposable income is not looking so great. Um, you know, how do you um, advise or encourage South Africans to say, well, maybe um, for the rest of this month, we won't be eating out. Maybe for the rest of this month, we're going to be eating really simple food. Um, maybe we're not going to go out on the weekend shopping sprees as we normally do. Your advice on those in January who don't really have the financial reserve to maybe tone down their lives a little bit. Yeah, you've actually just said it in the way you phrased the question. Tone down, let's eating out, focus on the biggest things first. And the biggest things are keeping your house and too many people like cars and necessities. So keeping your car as well, that's number two. The third one is making sure that kids get a good start at school. That is to say at least the deposit in school fees is paid. And when it comes to eating fancy, Tell them that instead of spending 20% of our money on food this time, we're actually going to spend 15 or even less less than that because we are going to have a very simple meal. No more dessert for the next two weeks, for example. And to make sure you do not get into the temptation of extending your debt or your, your, your repayment period or even acquiring a new debt, You've got to come to an agreement with the household of the family that you are leading or maybe your spouse did not yet have children. Like, listen, children, it's January. We need to, you know, fast from certain activities and certain things. And we need to start building our financial profile so that by the end of the year, we start the new year in a better way. And maybe we set up for the rest of our lives. Um, It's very hard to do that with your family. I understand being a kind of guy who actually has to lead a family, but they need to set up financial goals themselves. Um, if you are, let's say we're speaking to most young graduates such as myself who have to pay what you call the black tax, ask your siblings, what is it that you want to achieve at the end of this year? And when they start declaring what it is they want to achieve, you start telling them, I'm willing to help you, but I can no longer take you out every month. Yeah. Or I can no longer, you know, uh, buy an X amount of these things that we don't really need that we can survive without. For example, I can no longer pay the premium rate for the DSTV PVR. Let's just reduce our TV viewing to compact. You know, there's nothing wrong with yeah. that. Yeah. That Netflix account is really unnecessary, it wastes time and et cetera. If you want to carry on having that Netflix and that internet connectivity, you better start, you know, pitching in yourself because I'm not willing to pay for all those kinds of luxuries that do not really add value to our lives. I'd rather buy you a book and then we discuss what you've learned and yeah. what you're going to take from that. Yeah. You know, so and, uh, those I, kinds of things, agreements are very important yeah. in order for you to be able to manage your finances. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I want to ask, though, about, um, you know, the the... The the South African or the consumer that you know 
already has already lives in a in a compromised economic climate and here i'm referring to um you know those who are living off pensions those who um mm-hmm. you know are, are unemployed those who are living off you know state grants uh, single families etc you know the I mean, i mean we know it we've been discussing a lot of the economic burdens that many people face um mm-hmm. and and you know with these people when you say save they look at you and be like well i don't even have enough to eat what do i save so i think an advice mm-hmm. for them from a financial planning perspective on you know how to get it done because if if every cent is needed for this income group how then can they be smarter with their money no that is actually a fair uh, question you see darash because um more than half of south africans are living on the poverty line even below it. So, to those people who do not have enough to survive even for, for one month, to those who earn enough to actually just buy food and then expect another sort of like grant in the next month, it's kind of hard to advise them to tighten their belts because they are always in a recession. It really it would be an unfair thing to say, except to say to them, Coming from that, and I'm going to speak here as a human more than as an expert, so bear with me. Coming from humble beginnings myself, the one question that I always tended to ask is, then there's no jobs to employers to earn enough money here. You know, there's no, there's no business from which we can get. What is it that we have on our hands? Yeah. What is it that we can start now doing? I walk along the streets of Durban or any other, you know, metropolitan um, area, and I find people selling on the streets. Most of the time, you will find that I'm speaking of most South Africans, except for maybe pensioners, but most South Africans, they look upon those street vending jobs as, you know, with a skewed look to say, I will not reduce myself to sitting on the side of the road and selling potatoes. Some of them will look at people who are working at car washes and say, um, you know what, I'm fine. I'd rather stay at home than to be sunburned all day working and washing people's cars. But when you look at people who are working in air-conditioned offices and they have no managerial expertise, none whatsoever, or no managerial power within those organizations, you find that starting your business gives you freedom and it actually enables you to grow your financial and skill set in a much broader way. Example, a person who takes out a bucket, 25-liter bucket, a soap in hand and a spot, stands on the side of the road to actually wash cars at 20 rand per car, may likely make more money than a person who's employed yeah. in yeah. a minimum wage job. I think think then the point becomes, you know, um, a a financial mindset is the thing. And and, and no no matter whether you have a lot of money or not, if you have a financial mindset is to, you know, make a plan, it's it's actually going to hold you in good stead. But I I think at this stage, I'm going to say that I'm having some telephone difficulty. I'm having some telephone line issues. I'm trying to call. uh, I'm not... uh, able to connect to all of those who are trying to call through now. I'm working on that problem. It's just not my day, it seems, on Newsbreak Talk today, guys. But I'm trying to work on that problem and hopefully we can get um, 
get some callers through. But I end as you're about to leave us, and I want to now just touch on um, the issue of financial planning for the year. Leave January out of the way now and, and how to survive that. Um, let's talk about going forward to plan for you know, more financial uh, safety and security. Um, you know, what should one be doing then at, in January um, to ensure that, you know, you make good financial planning decisions, whether it's long-term or short-term? What are some of the great tips? All right. The first one, Tarash, is if you have an income, some kind of consistent, predictable income you earn at the end of every month or on the 25th, Try and save first and invest before you can actually spend, rather than spending and then saving pocket change. That's number one. One way of reinforcing the principle is to actually, you know, take out a life policy, take out those um, those policies with the likes of, well, I don't know if it's appropriate to mention this, some of the, the, the institutions. Yeah, but let's maybe not mention the institutions. Yeah. yeah, you see, there are some financial institutions that say, listen, you can grow your money in an X, Y, Z in a very effective way than keeping it in the bank, which can give you about 7.5% in annual interest at best. So look for someone who can actually help you to force yourself to save and invest before expenditure. And for a minimum of 36 months, even 60 months, you know, three to five years, that would be something. And just try and tell yourself that you are uh, experiencing a real reduction in your salary this year because you're taking whatever increase from your salary, and that's the first advice I want to give. You are probably expecting, if you have a regulated wage, a 7% increase this year, if, 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 if. You're if you're lucky, yeah. I think, Kayanda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, so if you're expecting a 7% increase in your salary, tell yourself that, you know what, I'm not experiencing a salary increase because right. I'll take whatever differential between last year's wage versus this year's wage, and I will save that every mm. month. Mm. So you teach yourself to just save it. Now, it's a 7% increase. But when you put it in an interest-bearing side deposit according to what your financial advisor has given you, it will be an exponential increase in the future. Future. That's the word you use there, Ayanda. Future. And so which means, you know, you're going to have like what? hypothetically about f- five years on, on, on average before you actually see, you know, see a great um, uh, you know, volume of money from that, from, from that sacrifice. But yeah. From a short-term perspective, where you want to, I don't know, be smarter about the way you manage your finances now, uh, from a month-on-month basis, on a maybe you know uh, every quarter, for example, is there mm-hmm. a tip to do that to be more financially savvy on a short-term basis, so that you always have access to funds whenever you need it? Well, organize yourselves into a small group of friends, preferably not severely from the same organization because you become, you know, too familiar with each other. And make a stock sale, maybe five or six people, and say we are going to be contributing to the stock sale account that is going to come to me every five of us every five months. That is okay. And that is one way of saving. And preferably, you know, whatever it is that you're saving is that incremental differential from your from your from your salary. So that's what you do. A stock sale is a short term solution. 
Not really the best solution out there, but it is a, a closer-to-home kind of solution because you have access to friends or the people that you are in this Stockfell uh, organization with. So that is one way to do it. There's different types of Stockfell. The Stockfell where you organize to buy an X, type, X amount of food that is for the festive season, and then there's one that just deals with exchanging money. How Stockfells grow their money is that they allow borrowing among each other. If a person says, I'm deeply pressed for money, I would like to borrow a certain amount of money, say 2,000 rand, then you lend to that person at an interest that is typically higher than the bank rate, say 30% interest, and that goes to something like your profit. It's, it's more than just saving the Stockfell arrangement. It's actually growing uh, your, your finances and acting like a bank in your own right. So that's, that's short-term and that's effective. Mm. Well, it all sounds very interesting there. Well, I think, Ayanda, though, as you leave us now, and I think I, I spoke to, um, I think, the South African Savings Institute of South Africa, or the Savings Institute of South Africa, um, and they... The, the advice coming there from the panel of experts was that um, you need to start saving now for the festive season. Do you think that's Definitely. far-fetched? Do you think it's far-fetched, though, like just for like a month of celebration and and hosting and partying um, to, to save so that, you know, you, you already have, um, you don't have to touch your salary during that time? Your thoughts on that? Because I think that's forward planning then so that maybe next year we don't have to have this conversation. <laughs> yeah, I think it is a good idea, except that people should be aware of something. If you're working and you've got a, an okay job, you are likely to be entitled to a bonus that is an equivalent of one month's salary at the end of each year, or some other organizations will say during your birth month. So, tell you what. To start saving for the festive season doesn't mean that when the festive season comes, you're going to blow all of that 25,000 rand you've been saving. We should not expect a person to spend all of that money just because they were saving it. How about you start planning for the festive season now, sure, but in addition to that, having estimated or projected that you're going to have saved by the end of this month 25,000 rand, Try to spend, say, 15000 of that and 10000 put it away for emergencies in a long-term fixed deposit kind of account, you know. So that's one advice. It, it's a good idea to start planning for the festive season now because the wealth mentality dictates that you invest in view of keeping, um, you know, poverty even farther from your grandchildren. And your economic servitude away from um, your generation. That kind of mentality yeah. dictates that you do not necessarily have to spend everything that you've saved for that year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wonderful. I I really appreciate you coming through to talk to us about this very important uh, um Point like this, Ayanda Mayua, of course, economics uh, um, lecturer there at the University of Kozula Natal. We appreciate you stepping in at the last moment. Thanks for the expert advice, and hopefully, you have a very successful, financially successful, and sturdy 2019. Uh, thank you. I'm trusting for that too.
Great. And we shall be connecting with you soon for more uh, expert analysis on finances and economics going forward. Well, there you go. And I hope you've enjoyed that conversation um, about finances. I I know many of you were calling through and saying, listen, I want to talk about it. So um, I hope that has been some sort of... um, insight onto you there and um yeah if you would like to call us we've got about i think three minutes left on the program you can call us through we'll test the lines again now and see if it's going to be working oh eight nine three one zero eight seven eight nine. i know we've been having some glitches here you can call us and we'll see how best we can have a conversation about some of your savings tips this january looking forward to hearing from you it's Newsbreak talk today with me Tadesh. So how are the 500 days of your January going? (laughs) Seems like an unending month with a quick depleting bank balance. After the generous festive season, how best to handle the budget? Join us on Newsbreak Talk this Sunday at 1 o'clock when we start the year on a responsible note. Okay, so it's about time to wrap up the program. I, I still seem to be having a telephone line, which we are going to be hoping to address in a, um, urgently because I'm unable to connect with you as you call through. So I do apologize for that. But yes, I think just to recap on some of the tips then that have come through on, on, on saving and, and, and uh, the finances in the month, I think, um, you know, identify your most, uh, according to what um, um, Ayanda was telling us, identify your your most immediate needs and, and, and try and, you know, I mean, this is taking it back to like what November already, which we've already passed. But I think the advice then becomes to identify what you need to spend for it on that time and, 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 you know, um, put that, put that away, put that aside, get that done first. And in terms of um, going through to now, Try your best not to take credit because you're going to get, uh, you know, the, apparently the gimmick, according to Ayanda, is that the interest rates are quite high. He was saying something along the lines of 27, uh, between 25 and 27% of an interest rate, which at the long run, you, know, you may get the cash you need now to sort out the problem, but in the long run, you're still going to have to be paying for that. So that's another thing to factor in. Stay away from credit is the is the big advice for January. It's just going to offset your entire year. Um, the other advice that has come through was was plan budget um, in terms of um, keeping it a little bit more chilled in January. Cut out the luxuries. You know, he was providing tips like it. Well, if you do have to go out and um, you know have uh, have a meal somewhere, well, maybe cut out um, dessert. So it's those kinds of elimination things that, you know, all add up at the end. And then he, I think a major one that came through from Ayanda was, you know, you start now, you start now to plan for a better 2019 so that maybe by the end of the year, you know, you could tap into the reserves you have, the resources that you have. And I think an overall sense of saving and putting it away and, 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 and I think living, um, you know, within um, a more intention-based, more purposeful um, kind of financial plan that um, you end up with the finances that you need to you know, have fun as you would like to this December. So there you go. That was our conversation. We do hope we provided you some information. It came your way courtesy of the team, executive producer Salma Patel and Rachel Vadi. The team is back tomorrow between 6 and 7. And I would also like to tell you that it's back to regular programming now for Newsbreak. Because from tomorrow, we go back to our 1 o'clock program, which means the year begins in earnest, in full force. 
And uh, oh, quickly, just a quick one here from um, Kogi Governor. Hi, Dutarish. Great topic. Maybe everyone put away 500 a month in a separate account and they will have plenty for December and January. Thanks. That is from Kogi Governor. And um, I think, yeah, I just want to go through some more very quickly here before we. Uh, Nirmala Devi Mudli, uh, it would be wise to stop and identify before spending and. Those are some of the issues coming through. So, yes, we'll leave it there. Thanks so much for listening to Newsbreak Talk from Mitarej. Hey, have an awesome day. Newsbreak, Lotus FM, powered by SABC News.